Journey into the Mystic with the Reverend John Dorhauer, General Minister and President of the United Church of Christ. Lou Brock, Bob Gibson. The first is the fleet-footed left fielder, and the second is the speedball-throwing right-hander. Lou they called Sweet, Sweet Lou. Bob they called Bullet, Bullet Bob. Lou never lost his smile. Bob never lost his snarl. Lou was the gregarious extrovert who never met a stranger. Bob was always angry and channeled that anger to become one of the most competitive pitchers the game ever knew. Lou never held a grudge. Bob, they said, would throw a fastball at his mother's head if she crowded the plate. The two of them together were the pair every child in St. Louis in the 60s and 70s knew, loved, worshipped, and coveted the cards of. One of my most disappointing moments as a child was sitting in Bush Stadium to watch Bob Gibson strike out two Atlanta Braves. Why that disappointment? Well, because the first one he struck out would be his 2,998th career strikeout, and the second would be his 2,999th. He would get 3,000 a few days later on the road. Hearing it on the radio doesn't quite have the same appeal or luster as seeing it in person, and I was that close. You know what Bob and Lou gave me that my dad never had the opportunity for? A childhood as a white boy with two black men as his heroes. My dad was a teenager when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Bob and Lou were a part of the landscape of my entire childhood. Race tension boiled all over the streets of St. Louis and not seldom in the dining room and living room of my childhood. But when the games began, we all cheered for anyone wearing the birds on the bat. Kurt Flood and Bill White and Julian Javier and, yeah, you guessed it, Sweet Lou and Bullet Bob. Rooting for them was not a conscious act of racial equity for me. It was just that once they put the jersey on, color didn't matter. And what that meant was that I didn't understand why it mattered when they took the jersey off. Lou and Bob became my childhood delight. One would become the stolen base record holder for both the season and a career, would reach 3,000 hits and be a first ballot Hall of Famer. The other would win three games in two separate World Series, strike out 17 batters in one World Series, throw a record in baseball, 1.12 ERA in 1968, throw over 3,000 strikeouts and become himself a first ballot Hall of Famer. I was there at both of their last games to witness the end, not of their love affair with the fans of St. Louis, but their careers. Club gave Bob a red Corvette and Lou a yacht. Now, what is far more valuable to me is that Lou and Bob also shaped my adulthood. I knew that I could not love and respect them and despise their race. 
the hypocrisy of that and the betrayal of them would be too heavy a spiritual burden for me to bear. I don't want to overstate this and say they are solely responsible for my passion for racial equity. It is far more complex and nuanced than that. But they were there. And they gave me two black leaders to love and admire, not just for what they did on the field, but for how they conducted themselves off the field. And that mattered. And for that, I thank them. We all need a hero, a role model who embodies goodness and greatness, who inspires the best from within us and demonstrates what courage and good morals look like. And when they die, we honor them by committing to embody the best of what they came to teach us. And so for Lou and for Bob, I give God thanks. For any whom you identify as your hero, I give God thanks. They earn the right to shape the hearts and minds of young children, and I pray they rest in peace. May we all find our role models along the way, leaders who inspire us to live with passion and courage on this, our journey into the mystic. Into the Mystic is brought to you by the United Church of Christ. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're welcome here. Find us at ucc.org.